What's up, guys? We're shit face sober, man. Jeff N. I'm Kyle. Who? I'm George. George. Man, I haven't been this excited to do some shit in a long time, man. George, when were you born? How old are you? Born 1934. I'm 88. I'll be 89 in um, a few months. Okay, right, right. Now, in. let me just say right now, it is a pleasure to have you sitting right here next to me. Well, aren't you the kind one? Yeah, and but I'm, it's facts. Well, I enjoy that, and I enjoy the fact that you like old women, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He heard that one time, and he's like, I got him laughing. I was like, that was key. How old? Uh, how old? Uh, <laughs> how many years sober you got, George? I was uh, 46, will soon be 47. 47 Ooh. fucking years sober. Man, I'm 34 years old. You're 34. See, he's been sober. He was sober double digits when you were born. Me too. Me too, man. Well, that's your problem. Now that's just it. Live, just live long enough to catch up with me. Yeah, right. Oh, shit, man. So how's life, man? How, is it life, Life's good? Yeah. Like Danny Mame said, life's a bowl of cherries, and most sons of bitches die never having eaten any. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, what's it like to be you, George? Well, going from the world I came from to the world I live in, uh, subliminal bliss, uh, it, I don't even have to think about it. That's the joy of living. Right. Not even having to thinking about what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. Just go with the flow and love every minute. I love that. Live life. Okay, like what age did you learn that that shit at? Because I can't even well, imagine. Well, the process that. now, you know, <clears throat> I tell every man I work with, there's a price to pay, but thank God there's a payoff, you know. I'm big into uh, growing flowers, and uh, each new flower I have to plant a seed for. And then I have to nurture it, and then eventually it breaks ground and then begins to blossom. And then it comes to fruition, and I have the joy of watching it and living in the beauty of it. So when you say the process, it's always the proverbial seed. It's the idea. It's the thought, I can. And eliminating the word, I can't. Right. I can't. I yeah. can't do this. So every man that I work with is blessed because I refuse to put myself down first and allow them the privilege of putting themselves down. If you want to call yourself a horse's ass, that's fine. Do it away from me, because that's not how I think of you. That's tight. What did you used to do for work, George? Well, I have... <laughs> by day, I was the proverbial uh, clean housewife. By night, I was the proverbial whore in the cat house. I was certainly underground by night and did all sorts of lewd, illicit, illegal, immoral, uh, money-making deals. Did you do this sober? No. Okay. okay. Oh, I'll tell you, I had one of my biggest fights, though, was when the first $100 bill crossed my hand and I wanted to steal it, but I knew if I did, I'd be drunk. Yeah. So I put it back. That's good. I put it back. 
Nice. Where was it? Where was it in the first place? At the Wax Museum downtown. Oh, you told us the yeah. old one right the there by the square. Yeah, yeah. Potter's. Yeah, yep. I was director there for quite a while. Great place. Uh, yeah. Did well, you used to get drunk days. and hang out with the wax figures and? Often, used to enjoy closing up. Yeah. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever? Go ahead and ask you. I know you're dying to. No, when you were ever open, did you ever dress like a wax figure and stand there and like let people look at you? Like, oh, I do that all the time, even today. Yeah. <laughs> what about? Did you, I'm gonna ask. Did you ask? Did you look to see if the wax figures oh, had yeah, dicks? Of course I did. All yeah. right. <laughs> oh, I wasn't gonna. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Feel the boobs. Feel the ass. Feel the crotch. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, did they have dicks? Did the wax figures no, have dicks? No, they didn't. Unfortunately. Oh wow. <laughs> God damn, dude. I got mad several times thinking, what a waste of time and money. You right. Know, create all this beauty and then have it be partial. And that's like recovery. Yeah. There's so much beauty in recovery, but it's partial. It's not full. And the whole beauty of recovery for me is to be full of beauty. Right. Okay, George, so how'd you fucking know you had a problem, man? How old were you? Where were you? What was life like at the time? And then if you had to sum it up in like a two-minute fucking hit, tell me the story. Coming from an extremely abusive mother, growing up, and at puberty learning that I was homosexual, being ostracized by society and rejected and was forced into isolation, learning how to hate in order to survive, and hating prevented further being hurt, and then reaching a point where money had no meaning, I reached that perfect point of death. I wanted to die. I tell it today, I drove to hell on a Cadillac. How old were you? I was 41 years old, almost 42. Wow. You got some miles on you, man. Oh, I do. And it was an actual <laughs> Cadillac? Pardon? It was an actual Cadillac? Oh, absolutely. A 1976 white Eldorado. Ooh, that's with pretty. red leather and white leather upholstery. But absolutely. you drove the fuck out of that thing. I did. So <laughs> I heard when I quit stealing, wheeling, and dealing, they had to take it back, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Did you ever sell drugs? Oh, I did everything. What drugs did you sell? Oh, well, in those days, we didn't have the designer drugs or all of the current drugs. And I don't even know the drugs that are available today. Well, that's good because they're yeah, pretty. that is good. But in the old days, they were, you know, the usual speed freaks, West Coast turnabout. You could get. Uh, uh, Black Betty. Yeah, you could get them all. Quaaludes? You ever take Quaaludes? Uh, no, my boy did. I never took Quaaludes. Your boy, your son, or your, well, your guy? A young man I got his uh, uh, pigeon when he was 23 he's now 60 65 damn almost. so you were a sugar daddy you got his well, pigeon what does that mean pardon you got his pigeon well a pigeon is the old term for sponsee oh okay uh, See, i did not when know I, that when i came in there was there was no i am the last and i say this because it's true i am the last personage of every every detox facility every meeting every halfway house everything that has anything to do with recovery 
I am the last person that was in recovery before they came into existence. Wow. You made it. I made it. Damn. And I'm still making it. Yeah, you no shit. Damn right I am. Yeah. Dude, so backstory, George met him at our men's group, you know, super fucking welcoming, says inappropriate shit at meetings, you know what I mean? Talks about like ass, you know, on a group level, just straight up in there telling it like it is. Yeah. Telling it's and what we need. Fucking courage, dude. Yeah. He's walking 86 year old courage. 88. 88. Fucking 88 year old courage, yeah. man. man. I know, right? I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it It sounds like almost uh, almost like a lie. You know, my sponsors, when I came in, uh, the wife, it was a husband-wife team that oh. made the 12-step call on me, and she had 19 years at the time, and he had 10 years at the time, and I thought they were both lying. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, nobody could have. Mm-hmm. And, they, and there's no way to prove it. It's uh, like no prove, it. prove you, it. Yeah. Now she died last year at 96. We're 65 years in recovery. Holy mm-hmm. shit! The only sponsors I've ever had. I couldn't go to all these meetings that I hear about today because there were no meetings. Mm-hmm. I hear all this crap about 90 meetings in 90 days. There were no 90 meetings to go to, so I never heard 90 meetings in 90 days. Uh, I couldn't check into a detox facility to get sober, and I only had that. My detox was a sand dune down by my house, and I cried and screamed and hollered and cussed God and every other damn thing. I bet I've been to that sand dune. For for (laughs) weeks. 100%. Well, you know. Yeah, uh, 100%. That was like uh, the quarry behind um, Surf Station right there was a place for me where it was, you know. Absolutely. I go there and scream, cry, kick. You know what yeah. I mean? I, could, I, I was at peace over yeah. there. It was a therapy. And without realizing it, I was demonstrating belief in disbelief. Yeah. I like wow. that. You say some deep shit, yeah. George. You should, have I you ever it. wrote a book? Pardon? Have you ever wrote a book? I have written many books. Have you? Yes. They're published? Yes. Oh, where, are they, where are they at? Oh, they're anonymous, and I don't talk about them. Oh, so okay. we'll, that's the end of that conversation. I've got uh, one now coming out. One other question. What? Have you ever owned a first edition big book? No, I've been seeking. Me yeah. too. Yeah, seeking. that's a big thing. Yeah. We're seeking. But Hold that's on. Uh, that's a multi thousand dollar deal. It's Ten grand. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pales now. It's much more. Oh no, I almost bought one. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was yep. going to buy one, and I think a first edition big book's a good investment because AA is going to be here in a hundred years, and people are going to want it, and there's not that many. Well, you know the thing that. Uh, I like what uh, Nikita Khrushchev said to the world years ago. We'll bury you without firing a shot. And the thing about principles is if they're not protected, you lose them. Oh, my man. Yes. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a heavy. We we actually went through that when we were juggling them with this shit face sober thing. We were like, okay, at what point does anonymity and the principle of it begin to be you know we cross the line right so like you know there's that attraction rather than promotion so it's like showing how our lives are big i feel like a lot of people in society saw us when we were drinking and driving our red cadillac and fucking getting naked and just being stupid you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then we get sober 
And we don't really check in with those people because we're afraid. Like you said, we're just, and so they don't get to see the, well, they're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid too. And they don't get to see the growth that happens after. And that's, I feel like that's the attraction. And that's kind of like why a lot of people will tell me, you don't look like you're an addict or an alcoholic. They just look at me and they're like, wow, you know, you don't look like it. But the people that actually saw me go through it were like, now they're, they tell other people that are suffering, like, hey, I saw this guy go through it. I saw the before, I saw the during, and I saw the after, and you can do it too. Well, another thing is everybody loves a comeback story. And, and it's kind of like how long you've been in recovery, you know, and you had a plan, God had a plan for you to help another Men and help several men. I mean, I'm sure I don't even know if you can count how many men you've really helped. And you've helped me in my year. And for right now, that's kind of like what I'm seeing as a vision for Shit Face Over and to continue on this journey is there's somebody out there right now struggling or somebody there's a family out there that has a son or a daughter or a nephew or husband. their husband or their wife that's struggling and and it's just kind of getting exposure to being like, look, there is another side of this. Like I, like I said, I didn't know anything about this a year ago, and you couldn't tell me shit, and I didn't want to hear it, you know. And and it was that gift of desperation where I was like, okay, something needs to change, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I remind myself I don't know what the fuck I'm doing constantly, and I go to people who have experience and wisdom to guide me, and and then one day I can be there for somebody else. And that's beautiful in the way it's supposed to be. Right. Now, you use the term gift of desperation, the acronym for God. Mm. And I... Uh, I chew on that. <clears throat> gift of desperation. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, that's it. yeah, well, that's it. If it wasn't for my past life, I damn sure wouldn't enjoy this present one as much as I do. Yeah. Right. So, and I was desperate. But today, that acronym is simply gift of deliverance. See, I have been delivered from. Yeah, yeah. change that. I have been delivered from. And it's from, still the same. So, delivered from. So, but the beauty of, uh, of when you talk about the family and you talk about media and you talk about anonymity and, and all these things, the book simply said more will be revealed to you and to us. When the book was written in 1939, there was no no digital, there was no telephones, uh, cell phones, there were no iPads or computers, there were none of this instant. They talk about going to the hospital and picking the drunk up out of the hospital. Hell, you go to a hospital today and ask to pick up a drunk, they have the police take you out. I mean, they'd be set up for every lawsuit in the nation, you know, right. breaking and telling about them. But the joy is, the one that comes through the door, i.e. I looked at this man a year ago and I saw what I am so happy to experience today, a conviction that God's going to make it. Yeah. That God's going to make it. He fucking made it to a year, man. Uh, that's not a question of a year. It's, it's a question of making it. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of living one day at a time. Right. Is making it just today. 
that's the that's the secret right there and a lot of people because you get caught up in this you know of like holy shit I, you saying i can't drink or use drugs for the rest of my life well just for today you don't have oh, to dude, do I, I graduated rehab one time and at my graduation speech i was like guys i'm drinking at my wedding dude i don't care what y'all got to say about it <laughs> i'm gonna one day at a time it until my wedding day and then I'm popping a bottle, dude. There you go. You know? Celebrating. And then well, what? Well, the book says it rebellion. Dogs are every move. You know, I mean, I was rebellious as hell before recovering, rebellious as hell after recovery. Yeah, you're still rebellious as hell. Still oh, rebellious. Yeah. yeah. Today we're talking about surrender mm -hmm. on the 7 a.m. Zoom meeting. I don't know what the hell you people are talking about. I've never surrendered one damn time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't I surrendering. fought like a son of a bitch yeah. as a drunk to survive, to keep from getting my ass killed, and I fought like hell for the right to stay in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's true. I came through the door. They didn't want me here. In the 1970s, when I came in, being gay, you are lower than whale shit on the bottom of the ocean. Nobody wanted anything to do with you. Does whale shit sink or float? I thought it floated. Well, you know, <laughs> thank God I learned a lesson about that, and especially AA meetings. Every AA meeting I go to, I lather my body with olive oil. Oh. Just so the shit don't stick on me. Because <laughs> you're going to get a hell of a lot of it in those rooms. Let yeah, me right. You. I mean, You've seen some shit in those yeah, meetings, man. I couldn't imagine. That's oh. one thing, like, I respect about you is because I do understand, like, that when you came in, you know, you would share about like having to go to like back alley places to go be you, you Absolutely. know, to go be gay and Absolutely. like, and and like today it's like oh, you know, let him be himself. But like back then, I mean, like what's the most fucked up story you had, man? I want to hear some messed up stories. Yeah, bring oh, it. Yeah, wow. what's bring the most it. fucked up story you have from being drunk? Wow. Yeah. You know. Let's uh, hear it. <laughs> you want humorous or you want humorous? Nasty? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was a male prostitute, mm -hmm. and uh, I was quite good at it, and I was very young and very handsome, and I was much in demand, and if it sounds like I'm bragging, I am, about that part of my <laughs> life. How'd you advertise? Absolutely. How did you advertise? Uh, word of mouth. Uh, word oh, of mouth. Not oh, on, like, the bathroom Word of stall. your mouth or word of... Both. <laughs> Both. I was good at, trust me. I didn't care when, who, or how, as long as the money was there. How much do you charge for that? Like in a nickel days, back then? In those days, I was a $50 man. Oh, shit. Oh, well, You're a high dollar. That was big money Damn. in those days. Uh, Mrs. Santa Claus and I, she was the justice of the peace in Jacksonville, and uh, I loved her dearly. But she would take all my boys and girls and automatically give them a $50 fine and send them on their way. So right. they, always, they always went to court with a $50 bill in their hand. But the beauty of... <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. The beauty of uh, <laughs> what we were talking about, the people, the fathers, the sons, and this is getting back to being serious now. Oh, no, I want to hear the funny story. Well, the funny story was this little old lady came up and this little, uh, strike that, this little old man came up and his thing was uh, being urinated on. Mm. And, the golden uh, shower. Uh, I, but he wanted to do it in the elevator. Ooh, And Kinky. I said, okay. Did you charge him extra? Uh, we'd get up and we'd run down the hall and push the button and the elevator would open and he had TT and I'd TT and we'd go back to the room. And then that went on and 
then multiple times multiple times you drank a lot of water oh, yeah you have you have to you have to you have to be ready to be ready at the same time <laughs> so the next time we went running down there push the elevator button and there were two little old ladies on it and he tt'd all over them oh, no. <laughs> so we ran back to the room except this time i got my ass dressed and out of there you're like, this is the last time. I knew what was going to happen, and it did happen. And, yeah, those, you know, those are things that when you reflect back on, as I do, I realize the degree of, of uh, mental, not, I used to say mental illness, but today I understand it as a malaise, a mental uh, stepping off point uh, in order to become. Got it. Like it was a step that you needed to take. So uh, uh, I've stopped beating myself up of all these things. The good things, and I was talking to a young man today. I did a hell of a lot of good things as a drunk. I did a hell of a lot of good things with the money I stole. I took care of old ladies. I gave money to charities. I took care of kids that needed things. I wasn't uh, the ogre that I hear, but I was, you know, I could either be the proverbial angel. I could either be the devil. You were like the gay Robin Hood. I was. <laughs> the gay Robin Hood. Oh, and I, I like had that. the big and finest tutu you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, dude, you had a bow oh, and arrow and everything. Bounce all over that place. <laughs> <laughs> but then I just be jumping on an airplane flying off somewhere. We're, and so you were in St. Augustine in the 70s. You've been here forever. I was all over. I was born and raised. I was two years old when I moved on the property I live on today. Oh, You're wow. joking. Yeah. Holy no. shit. Oh, no. I, in fact, my parents paid $2,000 for it, and I hate to tell you what the value of it is. It's a lot more than 2000 Oh, a lot more. In fact, I'm thinking seriously about selling it for the first time. But where would you go? I a trip around the world. Oh my man, and that's great. Go. How many? Okay, more so ways than one too. I might add. So I love traveling, right? <laughs> I, you want a trip around the world? That's what I'm. So like this, is the thing. I just went on one for my you honeymoon. You winked at me. Okay, so I, I've been <laughs> I like to 82 that. countries, George. So like when I first got sober, I was two years sober, and this guy, it wasn't like a sponsor, it was like a mentor, and he said, "I want you to come up with one thing that you want to do before you die, um, so you can have purpose in life, right?" Like you can work towards it. I want to know how much it's going to cost, how much it's going to take, and what you're going to do. And it took me like six months. And um, and it actually took me like three, now that I think about it. But I decided I love traveling, right? So I went, um, I, I want to go to every country in the world, and I want to find a stranger in each country and help them anonymously start a business because I'm really good at business. So like go to Peru and find a coffee bean farmer that works on someone else's farm, buy him his own piece of land. Go to Bangladesh and find some lady that works at the Nike factory. Buy her sewing equipment and a lease for a year so she could start the shit, right? So I've been doing that, like, you know, for the last, like, 10 years of my sobriety, just, mm. like, small time. But the whole trip's it's only – it's $1.6 million, and it's going to take eight years. And when you think about it, like, at the time, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I can retire with $1.6 million and do it. But today it's like, you know, people die with that much fucking money, and they do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Losers. And so you're going to go do it. Uncle Bill used to say, if you make your needs your wants and your wants your needs, you'll live to be old and happy. And after that, do what the hell ever you want to do with your money. My man, I can't mm. even process what you just yeah, fucking said. Yeah, wants and needs and needs and wants. <laughs> Sounds like a Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory Oh, well, movie. The, but the joy of it is simple. 
If you make your needs your wants and your wants your needs, you'll live to be old and happy. Absolutely. Oh, man, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell that that's like out. A, uh, that's a proverb. See, I like shit like that better than the Bible, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the joy, the joy. And I like that word. I love that. I love I, I love hear you. Word. I hear you joy. say a lot, a lot of times, and it sticks with me anytime. Like, I wake up sometimes. I'm like, the joy of living. I have a, um, I have a little, uh, it's, it's like a little book, but it's just got a lot of different verses and everything. And on the front of it says the joy of living. Mm -hmm. And I kept it because of you, oh, wow, wow. because I'll it reminds it. me of you. And I've had Thank it. You. I've had it since I moved into my place in St. George on St. George Street was I, I, I see this and I think of you and I'm like, you know, it reminds me of this is this is life now. This is the and I get to experience it. Good, bad. You know, it's. Or, you know, just hanging out or working to build this. This is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. We've done it in a month and a half. And it's just the beginning and getting to sitting down and talking to people with a lot of time, a lot of people with not much time, but we all we all share the same, you know, the joy of living. Well, I'm going to do something that I very seldom ever do, but in this case, I want to do it. And that is, I, I'm blessed to have a lot of super intelligent, I might add, young men in my life that just bring me true joy daily. And <clears throat> young man, as you people know, I've, a month or so ago I fell and I hurt myself and it was very painful. And he asked how I was doing and what he could do for me, and I simply replied, you are so kind, and I do thank you. Like all of my life's difficulties, God has given delivery from, sometimes without pain, sometimes with pain, this time with. And I rejoice because of accepting is easy when there is no pain. But when the shit hits the fan, it becomes more difficult. Just got my grade. Ace the course. No more pain. The joys continue even in adversity and knowledge, love, and appreciation of self during these times begets self-respect, dignity, and high self-esteem. All the things that you are growing in and enjoying. You see, belief in. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in my friends that I've never met, but till today I've read their aura and they're beautiful. And the reality is I can do this because I believe in me. I can find joy in you and receive joy from you because I find joy in me and I receive joy from me. Hell, I look in that damn mirror and I kiss myself 
Almost get the boner on. <laughs> get your boner on? Uh, do I still? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, wow. You're 88. Still oh, getting my, no boner that, pills? Oh, my God. That thing about with Mike on uh, masturbation, I thought, well, hell, he only does it once a day. I'm good for three times a day. God damn. <laughs> uh, and if you want to believe that's fine, I, I don't care. You. I believe you. See, I get the joy of yeah. it. I don't care whether you believe it or yeah, not. No, I start lying. Cool. I mean, that makes me happy because I figure... I, I thought I had a timeline. I thought like it was about to run out of, you know, my engine was going to die someday. But now I know I'm going to run a 88 and chill. What is, yeah. What's no the reason secret? not to. What's take this? care of your body. Take care of your mind. Is it like gonna... drink a lot of water too? Like, I is there something? 40, 40 vitamin pills a day. Oh, okay. Fuck. And I'm a big proponent of them. Oh, I do your... not take any aid. I don't take Viagra or any of that stuff. Oh, wow. So You're I, all natural. I can't do it. I haven't got the money to buy it. I might try <laughs> if I could steal a little money to pay for well, it. You might next have to time, call a doctor. Sure. After. I, I buy Viagra from my dad from Mexico. So next time I go to Mexico, George, I'll bring you back some. All right. Well, you I know? might need it by then. Yeah, I'll bring you back a pack. They're only a dollar a piece in Mexico. Oh, wow. Well, that's a good deal. You want to go to Mexico? Deal. No. Hey, you know, I got a question for you, too, about being older, right? So, like, back in the day, you'd go to McDonald's or something like that, and they'd have a cheeseburger. It was, like, 10 cents or whatever the fuck, you know? And now it's, like, 2 bucks. Do you still think in your head, like, oh, man, that's not a good deal? Because, like, you're still thinking about how prices used to be? Like, how do you fucking get through that? That's that's a big well, one. Well, you know, that's a good question because uh, in uh, 1969, I went to work in Jacksonville, Florida for $48 a week and uh, at a clothing store, a very, very exclusive clothing store, I might add. And I was, oh, I don't know, in my 20s, I think. No, oh, yeah, I was in my 20s, 20, 34, yeah. And uh, Crystal Hamburgers was 10 cents a piece. Coca-Cola's was a nickel, and French fries was seven cents. Wow. And I had a dollar a day to live on. That was my food allotment. I would go every day to Crystal's, and I would eat five Crystal's and order a French fries, drink a Coca-Cola, and I had 20-some cents left that I could leave as a tip. Damn, so oh, when, you wow. were, when you were prostitute and you were eating lots of burgers, dude. Yeah. You well, were getting burgers. You know, I had to learn. <laughs> I, I, I was just brand new on the Jacksonville scene, and I had to learn how to become a prostitute. Okay, so how'd you learn? What was uh, the what was the Simple. Like, I was the first time. I was some son of a bitch and stole his money, and then I figured, well, you know, I can do that again. Yeah, and back then. And after all, I learned how to find the people that were doing it. You know, Polaroid came out, and I was there when Polaroid came yeah, out. Yeah, we like got a camera right, right there. Here, and yeah, and they used to have a cartridge, and that's where I would stash all my money, was in the cartridge. Oh, that's slick. And I put it back in. So, you know, I never, I never worried about that's it. That's fancy. But uh, I had to learn. I've had to learn how to do everything. I had no mentors. I had nobody that came with all this love, putting their arms around me. You're doing good. Let's go here. Let's do that. I was laughed at many times because of my ignorance. I was, uh, you know, even in the gay world, I really wasn't wanted because I, I, I just 
You were peeing on dudes in elevators. Well, That's why. You, you know, well, that too. You know. <laughs> they were a little bit afraid there, afraid of what I was going to take from them. But, look, I, I mean, honestly, I got nothing but love for you, man, because you're just so real. And, like, today, I think the real currency is truth. That's the whole essence of the first step. You know? I listen to all these people come in with all these. I don't know how to tell them. I said, why don't you just try simple truth? You know, the right. simple reality of my life is unmanageable. I was powerless over alcohol. Uh, it wasn't the knowledge of that truth. It was the ability to accept that truth. So truth is acceptance. That's truth tough. is acceptance. I believe that. And in that, uh, in that state, I remember the first time I told a bold-faced lie to someone and turned around and walked away and then turned back around and walked up to him and said, I'm sorry, I just told you a lie. Sober, right? Sober. Yeah, I remember that too. It's a profound moment, right? Yeah. It hurts. There's yeah. something about it that feels yeah. like a knife in your gut. But the joy was the seed. What was the lie? Oh, I can't remember that now. My God. I, I don't remember <laughs> the lie either, old, but I remember where age, I was. Old age does has it have its detriments and memory lapses are certainly part of it. But anyhow, I don't even think about that. But the joy was the seed was planted and then I could begin to nurture that seed. And it became easier as I progressed in that reality. Uh, a dear friend of mine whose mother just passed away was a psychologist and we had lunch together and she told him, she said, well, it sounds like George has created his own reality. And that was the kindest thing that she could have ever said to me or about me. Because I have created my own. Reality. We have the freedom to do that. That's it. Freedom. That's the word. Right. And that's why I, when I talk about not surrendering, I refuse to buy into what someone else considers right and wrong. Right. That's your choice. That's not mine. Don't superimpose yours on me. Oh, no, no. I had that all my life before I got here. Other people's bullshit was just that, other people's bullshit. If I'm going to carry any, it's going to be mine and mine alone, nobody else's. But that comes with time. That comes with love. You know, I came from a world of hate. And someone asked me one time, George, when, do you, when did you realize sanity had returned to you? And I said, it's very simple. The moment I realized I was capable of loving far more than I was capable of hating. Wow. And that's everybody. And loving that's everybody. And, and anything. Everybody. That's loving. Just right. capable of loving more because I hated everything and everybody. You know, I talk about these incidences in life or things I've done. It wasn't that I wanted to do them. It was that I had no other avenue to, to live with. It was what I was led into and became a part of. Was it choice? You know, oh, you made that choice. No, no, I, that's fine for you. If you're capable of doing all that shit, you're God. I'm not. Because I was, I was drawn into a world because I had no external pulling force 
to keep me from entering that world. I had no noble goals to follow. I had no iPods to come into. I had no men that could create beauty and then offer it to the world for something good to come out of. Whatever that is for you, just like your business, you're going to get all kinds of different people for different reasons to do different things. And that's the joy of acceptance of self. Yeah. That's why I love you so much and love you so much. I love you. Because it's not the forcing of self, it's the joy of allowing rights. I have my rights and I'll fight you for them. You have your rights and I'm hoping you'll fight me for them. If I ever try and take them away from you. Yeah, I love that. You ever seen people fight in a meeting? Oh, absolutely. Fist fight. Oh, absolutely. Over Front what? Front door's like broken. Oh, yeah. Over what? Uh, who knows? Crazy damn things because it's crazy damn people. Yeah, you're right. I love that. <laughs> crazy damn things because it's crazy damn people. It yeah. is. My man. Yeah. Damn. But, but the joy a- is, now, so when you're talking about recovery, what is recovery? Now. I love the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and the kindest thing you can tell me is that I'm a big book thumper, and I would say thank you for the compliment, because I am. I live by it. It's the only thing I had to recover with. I didn't have a room. I didn't have people that loved me in recovery. I didn't have all this, hey, hoopla that I hear about today, but I was allowed to stay, and the big book taught me that... uh, Comprehending serenity is one thing, but knowing peace is another. Now, Mm. in this debacle that I've been in this past month, I knew I comprehended serenity. Serenity was not having pain. Serenity was jumping up and going into my automobile and doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do. Oh, I knew all that. But what was the real peace? I was at peace with the condition. I wasn't fighting it. I wasn't wondering, why me, God? Why did I do? Haven't I done enough? In fact, I was thanking God for it because I knew there was a lesson in it to be learned. And in that state, I was very much at and still am very much at peace. So that's the whole object of recovery for me is Simply being at peace with me. No matter the state. No matter the state. Exactly right. right. Exactly right. And that's a that's a hard pill to swallow for somebody out there still struggling. I, I well, it is, except for one thing. You have the right to achieve it if you're willing to practice the principle. Yeah. To achieve it. I mean, I think even normal, just like everyday people, like the world is so, there's so much shit in our brains today, like bills and responsibilities and taxes, all this crap floating in our heads that didn't exist 50 years ago, all these stresses. And so a lot of people are just like chasing, I need to get this, I need, I need, I need, rather than just I am, I am, I am. And like today, like, look, like I look at, earth like a fucking vacation like we're on this in this tropical island with water on it 
and a lot of beaches and like I'm just here to try to enjoy it in vacation. That's at my best. When I'm at my worst, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna die broke. I'm gonna be homeless, and you know, I'm a loser. And I might as well just fucking go away today. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna lose it all, right? Well, the joy with that in time is that. Uh, what if you did? Would it be so bad? I mean, honestly, I've I've. Uh, what, what if yeah. you did? Would it be so bad? Yeah, it wouldn't be that bad. I couldn't enjoy living until I made peace with death. Yep. That's a big one. That's I think, a big one. I think that's why people in recovery, too, I look at everything like it's 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 bonus time. It's extra credit. Like, life is all of this. I should have been dead already. So why do I risk it all in business? And why do I travel like a, like an addict? You know what I mean? Why do I do all this shit? It's because, you know, it's all bonus you know, guys, I got to tell you this. I don't know your time limit, but that's okay. It's none of my business. But four years ago, almost five now, I was a very financially secure man. And then overnight, I became a pauper. Wow. Virtually. What overnight. happened? Okay. I literally went hungry for four days and nights because... I didn't have money to buy food. Should have taken it from the basket. <laughs> I went to a meeting, and a young man looked at me, and he said, George, are you losing weight? And I said, well, I don't know, possibly. He said, why? I said, because I haven't eaten for four days. And he said, is there a reason why? And I said, yeah, I don't have any money to buy food. And that was the end of the conversation. Uh, he's my dearest friend today, and I love him. And I went back to my home, and I was sitting there, and I saw a shadow on my front porch, and I jumped up, and of course I was naked, as I do when you grab I your gun? in my house. Always have my gun. When you're naked, you're just walking around with a gun. Oh, no, I don't walk around, but it's very accessible. To me. <laughs> <laughs> very quickly accessible. <laughs> and I opened the door, and I got the tail end of the car, but there was three boxes of food that was there, and I knew who it came from. Oh, that's nice. And every day for the next three months, he and his wife would bring a bag of food to me and leave it on my front porch on my step. That's amazing. And I love it. And he's in the program. He's phenomenally, he's just a beautiful person. So the joy is, you know, in this state of, Living a good life, um, it's difficult to comprehend the reality of karma. But I tell the men I work with, if you do good, good comes back to you. If you put out shit, expect shit to come back to you. I, I, I sit there waiting for people that I know are putting out shit to get shit. You yeah, know what I mean? I want to yeah, watch the show, yeah, the shit show. Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for the shit show. Yeah, that. but, you know, uh, so the point being, it's so personal, this thing called living, but it all began when I said, and I don't use this word anymore, instead of saying I can't, I say I can. And... If you tell me you can't, to me, you're lying. If you tell me you don't want to, then I'll respect you. Right. That's your choice. That's oh, your right. That's honesty. Ooh. That's your right. My man, George. So, you know, 
uh, living life on life's terms, uh, that's uh, so many of these trite damn sta- sayings they have in those rooms and all these little phony acronyms. <laughs> if it sounds good and somebody <laughs> likes it and they repeat it enough time, it becomes a part of the uh, recovery process. But the truth of the matter is it's just hollow words, uh, just hollow words. Uh, things like uh, one day at a time, truth. Think, think, think. Books say God gave us a brain. Use it. Think. Uh, uh, all of these things that they want to put down and make ugly. Ego deflation at depth. Oh, now when I got here, I needed ego inflation. Mine was already deflated. Right. That's a good point. That's a good, really good point. <laughs> That's another yeah. thing too. When you talk about yeah. like, I, I, there's this thing in when people recover like ego deflation, exactly like you said where I now, after sponsoring enough guys and after going from having nothing, I was waiting outside of Home Depot when I got sober just for day labor, $8 an hour, to now I have a wonderful material life. Um, and I believe it's a gift, right? It's not mine. It wasn't my doing. It's to help others. But I feel like if you don't build a big life worth staying sober for, that you're not going to enjoy sobriety and want to keep it and prize you're it. You're not going to enjoy anything. Fuck Regardless no. sobriety yeah. or not, it has nothing to do with yeah, it. You're going to just up. be a sick son of a bitch. You're going to be a sick, son, sick broke son of a bitch, That's miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what's your choice, being being a healthy, broke son of a bitch or a, a sick one? I want to choose to be a healthy one. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean, like, and also, I mean, dude, I actually feel bad because I'm like, you know, fuck, I wish I would have met George four years ago when he was hungry because I could have brought him some groceries, and that's like AA in my fucking brain working. Like, now I'm it empathetic, is. and I'm like, I it just want to help. Like, if it I is. tell you my struggle right now, you're like, damn, I wish I could have been there and helped him yeah. when he was there. Yeah. That's yeah. magic. Yes, yes, it is. Because I wasn't always, I was never like that. That's the mystery of it. Mm-hmm. That's the excitement of recovery. That's the joy of living. Not knowing yes. what the next moment is going to hold but being prepared to experience it. Anything. Anything. Right. Okay, let's talk about a controversial topic, George, because there's these people right. on, on the Internet that are talking okay. all the time okay. about, you know, try this way instead of AA. It's fucking better or this will work. What's your opinion on all that shit out there that people are pushing that's like, you know, I ultimately think it's because people just don't want to go to AA because they just, you know, it's tough. It's not easy. What's your opinion on that stuff? Well, I tell people like that. I would titillate with you, but I've learned there's absolutely no glory in outstripping an ass. So I don't waste my time. I like there's no glory in outstripping an ass. That's nice. I like that. And I just now I'm tripping because I remember that everyone told me this old gay guy, George, carries a gun around everywhere. And now he's telling me that he's in the house just naked all the time with his gun in arm's reach. I'm just like, that's a fucking scene, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a fucking and scene. And the gun is loaded. Too. And you know what's weird? With hollow points. Oh, hollow points. Oh, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> I learned and tell every man, if you're going to do it, damn it, do it right. Don't right. do it half-ass. You yeah. know, we got enough half-ass recovery. Talking about that, what people say. Yeah. You know, you're not going to please everybody. True. But you can please yourself yes. all the time. Exactly. You can do Three that. times a day That's sometimes. a great point, too. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Like that, too. I feel like, yeah. I mean, even me, I'm on the 30th, God willing, I'll have 13 years sober, right? And yeah. I, I still find myself wanting to make everybody feel either heard or 
uh, fucking, you know, happy. And, and that's that, like, that it becomes toxic. It, sometimes it serves, but other times it's just like it doesn't serve you. This you know? goes back to what the question you asked previously about mankind and people learning and husbands hurting and all these things. The reality of life is there is no ignorance concerning deity and recovery. There's no ignorance of it. There's only rejection of it. Got it. The man on the street corner that's the drunk has heard about Alcoholics Anonymous. It knows people that's gotten recovery that's heard about... The man that's not an alcoholic that's crazy in hell and drinks knows all about the church and what God is. And so you can't plead ignorance. That's the thing of the past, especially in this digital age that we live in. I mean, but yeah, I agree with that. But you know when there's that part in the book where it says, oh, there are certain people that are constitutionally incapable, right? I, when I first got here, I was like, it'll work for everyone else except me. Right. And I feel like there's probably like a young guy, a young woman, old man, old woman looking at us right now that are like, if it can work for him, it can work for me. But they just need to see it. They just need to know it. What does the book say about the third step, too? Tell me. Persistent. Oh, my Trial. Persistent. Napoleon lost one of the greatest battles. He got within two feet of the shores, but the fog was so thick he couldn't see the shores, and he turned around. Oh, no shit. Oh. He just gave up. Just gave up. Yeah, and That happens in recovery. They can't see the, the joy the miracle. that's there, the miracle. And, of course, that's another one of those yeah. fallacies. Don't leave until the miracle occurs. Oh, God damn. The miracle I, occurred the moment I put the booze and drugs down. That's that's that's, that's my saying. I, I said that. that the other day. I was like, they say don't leave till the miracle happens. And I was like, motherfuckers, the miracle happened the first day I showed up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And if they continue to happen, also that's the joy <laughs> and the recognition. Talking about a year, right? Man, I did what a miracle! Damn right, it's a miracle. What was the best year of your sobriety? The third year. Why? Well, my life's partner was dying from pancreatic cancer, uh, and I had no money, and I was hungry, and I did all that I was taught to do without believing in because it, I'm a slow learner. Mm. It took me a year to be able to accept that my life was unmanageable. It took me another year to really come to believe in this power that could restore me to sanity. And in my third year, I had tried the God route long before I ever became convinced of. And I had no success with it. And I wanted proof that not only had I turned my will and life over, but that God took it. He accepted. I wanted proof of that. And in my third year, all the things, I was walking around the corner from my apartment, and I was counting the cracks in the sidewalk, and I heard a voice say, you look like you just lost your best friend. And I looked up, and I said, not yet, but it won't be long. Mm. You see, I couldn't go in the rooms and talk about my lover dying. 
I didn't have that freedom to go in and say, you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't denigrate his position. He was very influential in the uh, uh, journalistic world. He was a contender for a Pulitzer Prize. Wow. And he, uh, we, we were just so immersed with each other. And I wanted, and, and I had no reason to do what I was doing. And I told him, and he said, well, let's talk about it. And I told him, his name was David. Come to find out he was the minister of First Baptist Church in Brooksville, Florida. And he said, you know, George, you're doing something that very few people ever have uh, the occasion to do. And I said, what the hell am I doing, David? He said, George, you're practicing blind faith. When everything around you is dictating giving up, no money, no food, hospital, no gas, nowhere to live, lover dying. Uh, he didn't say lover, he said partner dying. And yet you're still doing the same things. You're praying, you're going to meetings, you're reading your material. And greater than that, George, you're bearing. You're bearing it. He said, this won't mean much to you now, but later down the road you'll see the beauty of it. Well, he was right. It didn't mean much to me at the time. And my lover eventually died. I came back to St. Augustine. I was in my third year, and I still wanted conviction that God took my will in life. And I'm sitting in a meeting, and this is 1979. You see, I know God's gifted me with the ability to remember dates of my program. This young man come running through the door, and he said, Oh, George, read this and tell me what you think about it. And he handed me this piece of paper, and it was the poem, Footprints in the Sands of Time. And it was published in 1978. And the whole crux of the matter was, there were two set of footprints walking in the sand. And Life's partners, life conditions begin to run amok, and finally there was just one set of footprints. And the young man, the, the writer, said, God, why did you desert me when I needed you the most? Why did you desert me? And God simply said, when you saw that one set of footprints in the sand, it wasn't that I deserted you. It was when I was carrying you. Mm. And I cried then as I cry now because that was the point that beyond a shadow of a doubt, I became convinced that God took my life. And from that moment to this very moment, the whole object of my program of recovery and the 12th step is not to proclaim the power of me, but to proclaim the power that is inside of each and every human being born if they want to develop it. It's not coming into me, it's coming out of me. And the true power, which is God, is the power that creates my power. It is the dynamo of all dynamo. I'll not change that for you or anybody else. That's my conviction. 
And it has brought great comfort to me over the years and still does on a daily basis. I'm all jacked up right now, dude. Good. That's I don't know. That persistence that I don't you're know talking if about. It's like three Celsiuses that's got me all fucked up, but I'm fucking jacked up right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was good shit. That I can develop this power, dude. Like, you know? That's I'm, it. You can. I, I'm working on you it. Are. I'm here. That's it. You know? I proclaim the now, the moment, not what you can do, but what you are doing. Blind faith. I tell the men I work with, I don't want to hear all that bullshit. I want to hear what you're doing right now. You're here right now. You're seeking right now. Tell me how much you're enjoying right now. Well, they'll either say, my sponsors used to say, George. I'd go to them telling them all this crap, all these things happening and everything else, and they'd look at me and listen, and they'd ask me one question. George, have you had a drink of whiskey today? And I'd say, no. And then they'd ask, well, you got something to be grateful for. Are you grateful? See, I didn't know what gratitude was. I had to learn about gratitude. Then I'd go to them sometimes, and I'd tell them all my woes, and they'd look at me and listen, and they'd ask the question, George? Have you had a drink of whiskey today? And I'd say, no. And they'd ask me, are you grateful? Sometimes and most times I could say yes. Sometimes I'd say no. And then they'd look at me and smile and say, well, it sounds like you've got something to work on. Why don't you try working on gratitude? Mm. That's it, man, the work. That's it. I feel like a lot of people get here and they're afraid of fucking work. The people, to the point... They don't want to come to AA because they know there's fucking work to be done here on themselves, and they're ugly. I got here. I was ugly. You ugly when you got here? How ugly? Well, I can only <laughs> tell you what I was, I am no longer. What I will become is yet to be, but I enjoy looking in the mirror. I enjoy what I see. I tell every man I work with when they have problems about God, I tell them, go home and watch your beard grow. Well, I can't see my hair grow. Of course not, but it grows, doesn't it? You wake up in the morning with the stubble. And that's the way God worked in my life. I just woke up with the stubble every morning, and I began to believe. I began to believe. Conviction. Conviction. Second step, last word. Being convinced of this power. Right. Now I was at the third step. But I couldn't do the third step until I became convinced of the power. And the first step taught me about honesty. So I couldn't lie about, yes, I believe. Do you really believe? Well, no, not really. Well, quit lying then. What's the, what's the difference between believing and knowing? Oh. Uh, Believing is the uh, fertilizer that grows the plant. So you had to believe first, but now you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, proof of the pudding is in the plum. Mm, when I began to no longer have the need to run to the bar, to take that, when that compulsion to drink, which incidentally... Left me, I still, I, for a year and a half in recovery, I wanted to drink, I wanted to dry, uh, to drug. Uh, I fought, I'd go to the barroom, sit there, hate looking at the whiskey, wanting it so bad, but hating, knowing what it would do, and get up and leave. Nobody else would have me when I first got here. 
Nobody wanted me. The ballroom's dead. It's the only place I could go. But when I began to walk in truth, I began to walk in understanding. I began to understand how my mental illness truly affected not only the world, but kept me in bondage. Alcohol wasn't my problem. Alcohol was just the glue that kept my problem sealed. Take away the alcohol, all my problems were still there. All of my insanities, all of my uh, idiosyncrasies were still there. Yeah. And that's that hurt. Good. Dude, I still got them. I realize you always have 12 years and i'm still like fuck man there are still some monkeys on the back you'll still have them i have not <laughs> had one freaking character defect taken away from me i i kind of like some of the monkeys man well, <laughs> three times a day is not bad for an eight, eight year old. yeah yeah that's so, a monkey dude don't you're tell right me about right you, you right-handed yeah. or left-handed both i'm uh, dexterous damn. Well. but, but the, joy, the joy is the joy is i no longer have a need to practice my character defect. But okay, so I got a question for you. A lot of us out there, we know what our bad qualities are. A lot of normal people and recovering people know, fuck, I'm selfish always. Am I always gonna be selfish? I know. I don't always practice selfishness. I don't always practice uh what's it called? Like when Scrooge, he's like super cheap. What's that shit called? You know what I mean? Stingy? Yeah, there's Stinginess? a better word for it. You Miser. Know? Cheap. Miser. No, I don't always <laughs> practice that, but that I know that that's a deep down thing in me, right? So like, but they come out and then I self deprecate, right? I'm like, I fucking hate myself. God, I drive myself nuts. How do you learn to love yourself and be proud of yourself in presence of your fucking character? Well, I defects? said it earlier, son. I couldn't make peace with living until I make peace with death. And I couldn't make peace with money until I truly made peace with not having it. And the truth of the matter is, today, the greatest prayer that I offer up every morning, the first thing I pray for, dear God, this day, please grant me your power to have no other gods before you. God mm. was my money. Sex was my money. Stealing was my... I love stealing. Yeah. It was a challenge for me. Uh, I, I, all the things, can I lie today in a heartbeat? Can I hate today? Yes. I still have all of those propensities, but I don't have the need to practice them. Well, I, what I admire about you and what like make what I hope to become that you are is that you are so at peace with who you are, good and bad and, and open about both sides. And I feel like so many people today, whenever we we smell the bad in ourselves or in our lives, we hate ourselves, you know? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. that, that That's that's a, a social media has a lot to do with that because it's like a front, well, you, you know, know what I mean? I didn't even have but Instagram until, like, that's what I'm until this show. But, like, I think, like, I mean, that, it's just something that comes with age and also realizing that, fuck, I, I choose to be happy today. I choose and not to giving have, a fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah, I choose to have fucking joy. You right. Know? What do you think about that, George? Well, you know, 
I'm going to, uh, I, you, you were asking questions that God knew I was going to be here today yes. and uh, gave me uh, many are called. Few are chosen. The opposite of being chosen is to choose. Thank you for being a chooser. Please allow an old man his convictions, watching, looking at, and enjoying hearing from, is in knowing one in sync with God, uh, in sync with God's will. And I thank you for being my joy. Because of your past, present, and potential future, the good you do in our meetings, and I say this to me, pales in comparison to the joy you are gifted with being able to bring to the masses. That's heavy shit. Now. Please, if not already, and I say this to you especially, Jeff, if not already accomplished, put all the notes, experiences, successes, failures, pain, and joy you have received from victory over, not the mental illness, but the malaise of self on paper. The need to prove renders the joy of proving. Oh, mm. man. Nothing, absolutely nothing is wrong in being powerful. Thank you for allowing me this privilege. After all, our life is our book. So you asked me if I've written a book. Yes, I've lived life. I've lived it in all aspects. The seventh-step prayer. Yeah. The good and the bad of me. The good and the bad of me. Not what I practice, but what I'm capable of practicing. That's incredible. I mean, yeah, because I feel like nobody hates me more than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Well, the opposite but of at times. Yeah, of course. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it, you know, when you're learning, you know, like I'm learning my boundaries and I'm learning, we're learning our boundaries as we go through life. And, and where you are now, just that growth is fucking, it, to me, it's hope. I don't look at it. I don't look at it like jealous. I look at it like, man, I can't. I'm so grateful that that's the path that I will. I am on. One of the joys of not analyzing is utilizing. <sighs> and the beauty of all these negative emotions, don't analyze them. If I were your sponsor, I would ask you to do me one thing for a month. Every time you have one. Thank you, God. Yeah, no shit. Thank you, God. Yeah, I like Thank that. Thank you, God. You are an, an intense dude. 
I love it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I want to like remember it all, but like I've damaged my brain with drug use well, and alcoholism. So I'm going to have to like watch this fucking podcast again. Right now, right jam. now, right there, the very thing. I've oh, damaged I know. my brain. I've damaged <laughs> yeah. my brain. Thank God for the brain yeah. you've got well, the beauty of where you You're right. You God, thank it. you for the brain as I got. Intense, yes, as, as, absolutely. as intense God. as it's as intense as it may sound. And it just because it's just like some knowledge that's just spit and we love it all. It's simple. It really is. And it's it goes back to living in the moment and accepting for what is and what life brings us. And and I and I'll say this for the day I I die, the joy. You know what I mean? And I'll be like, I learned that from somebody else and I could pass that to somebody else. But for me, it's to go through life and experiences, highs, lows, difficulties. You know, I've been poor. I've been shit on, not physically, you know what I mean? But, like, I had a trick one time you. like that, but I never got into it either. Uh. <laughs> no, 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 I drew a line there. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, life is good. You know, it really is. And I got a question for George, though. Yeah. All right, George, how would you get Britney Spears sober, man? The truth of the matter, Britney Spears is like all of us. She's human. And the complexity of her abilities is known only to God. How I would get her sober? First of all, I could not get her sober. Oof. How I would encourage her to become sober is to... And I like what the book says, burn into the consciousness of every man that he can recover. There is a condition that he trusts God, clean house, and help others. But in order to do that, I would encourage her, Brittany, of all the hell you've been through, and I understand, I also am convinced, which I am even to this day, that you are a survivor. Mm. And in that state, you are a winner. So please, as opposed to thinking of yourself as a loser, accept yourself as being a winner. That's deep. Fuck, George. Because earlier you said you bend her over. That's what you said. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I mean it. I say a lot of things. I know. I like I that really answer, was too. I going to say I would really... Enjoy seeing this one bending her over. Oh, yeah. shit. you gonna watch it? Oh, big time. <laughs> Brittany, if you're Ask out there. Ask a man if he loves porn and he says no, he's done told you how big a liar he is. Brittany, so, if you're man. out there, you know, me and you want to make a flick, uh, this guy will watch for free. <laughs> yeah, we got a fan. You got the first fan. Hell yeah. Oh, boy, come on now. The reality of life is just that. We're exposed to all things. The book says anything to shield the man from alcohol is doomed to failure. You can go to North Pole and somebody would, uh, some dog would bring a bottle around his neck. Well, the truth of that is to shield anyone from the vices and ills of life is doomed to failure. They're going to experience the things they are supposed to experience in order for their lives to become their life. Some people love pornography, other people hate it. Some people love Christians, other people hate it. 
You know, pleasing the world has ceased being an objective. Pleasing myself, you know, they say the opposite of selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problem. Well, I say selfishness and self-centeredness is the bane of my joy. Ooh. I am so <laughs> selfish, <laughs> I want everything God has and each of you have and everybody out there, ha I want it. I'm willing to do what's necessary to get it. So, you know, most times I get it through honesty. Sometimes I get it through vicarious pleasure. Yeah. You never hear people talk about vicarious yeah, pleasure. Yeah, that's a good word. I love that. Yeah, vicarious pleasure. You can you can watch two people have a bitch fight. Oh, and sit there and almost get off on it. Yeah. <laughs> we saw a guy yeah. at the Home Just Depot parking lot today. Yeah. We saw a guy in the parking lot yeah. freaking out. I wasn't yeah. getting in the truck. I was watching. I was like, whoa. whoa, whoa. You're fascinated yeah. by Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, what's going wanna, on over I here? I want to poke, push yeah. the buttons. And whoa, this, what's going on in this guy's world? He's yeah. going angry. But the joy is, underneath it all, is simply the reality of there is one who has all, not some, power. And the big book taught me, and it says, ask, makes the statement, may you find him now. But then turns right around and tells me where to find him. Deep down, deep down inside of every man, woman, and child is the basic fundamental belief and a power greater than themselves. I like that, and it just made me think about like clearing the wreckage and all this stuff that we have built out, and it's like it's really getting back to the root of what we are, and that is God and and creation. You know, we're made in His image, and Absolutely. I believe that. And um, I, I strike that. You like that? Strike that. I know that. All right. And um, so clearing that wreckage and all that junk and all that bullshit that I've, I've cluttered up in there over the years i get down to the root and i'm able to believe that and see that and you know what the joy is for me concerning that when i got rid of everybody else's shit that was right. imposed upon me i discovered i'll give you an example and i'll tell you the truth and i don't have any reason to lie i thought i was stupid i'm an eighth grade dropout oh no strike that i'm an eighth grade kick out uh, they kicked, me <laughs> they out kicked of you out of school I, I didn't yeah for being gay no was, oh yeah oh, no way. oh yeah yeah oh. yeah but anyhow i grew up believing i was stupid and that's why when i talk about proving i had to prove that i wasn't stupid and I proved I wasn't stupid. I became a financial success. I became a social success. I was traveling in the highest circles, living in the highest places, spending the highest money, and garnering the greatest misery at the same time. But the proving is that until that perfect moment, and I hear people talk about and they'll laugh about, you know, those foxhole prayers. <laughs> and to me, I am convinced, I don't know which one he answered, 
But I know as a drunk in those moments of desperation I cried out with the purest of desire. I know that. I know that I cried out, please help me to change. Please take this away. I know that. So I don't know which one of those foxhole prayers he answered, but he kept me alive. Mm. He brought me through the doors. He gave me a new teacher. He gave me a textbook to follow. He gave me friends to not fellowship with, but learn from. And in that state, learning how to become a fellow and enjoy shipping with them. I fucking like that. Enjoy life. All right. We'll end it with this, George, because Tyler's got to get out of here. It's coming close. Yes. Well, Tyler's I'm got a, a date. Tyler's so got a date I've tonight. I've been waiting yeah, half does. an hour, 45 minutes ago, so thinking, when the shit's this going to end? <laughs> last question. All right. Last question. Okay. All right. Even sobriety aside, what's one thing that you want to be remembered for? The joy of loving. Just simply the joy of loving. Mm. And I, uh, I, if I were to call this very moment to meet my maker, I could do so knowing and not leaving this earth hating one person for any reason. Years ago, I hated my brother, and he was the last person I hated because I learned a formula. And I went to my sponsors and I said, Terry, I pray every day not to hate him, but I do. I still hate him. And I don't want to hate him there. What, what, what am I doing? Why, why, why is God not answering that? And he simply looked at me and he said, well, that's your problem right there. I said, what? Praying not to hate him? He said, yes. Why don't you pray to love him? Mm. Fuck. Damn. I love that legacy, though. That's a solid... Wow. And every time I feel I have a need to hate, I pray for love. Well, you got it right here. I know that. We got it. Yeah. I know that. That's why I'm so comfortable. Do you think that we could have this conversation if it were outside on the street around? Now, who sees it? Yeah. If anyone does... They'll do it in the privacy where nobody sees them watching it. Yeah. Yep. And in that state, they'll either yell or no or boy, that's full of shit or you know all the things that go with not having. Many are called, and by virtue of the number of white chips that are passed out and the re-entries, but few are chosen. George, we got to have you come back, dude. Oh, wow. I love we're, George. We're burned out, but dude, oh, shit face wow. sober. Oh, wow. Thank you, George. Yes. The okay. longest sober guy I know. That was amazing. And there just is. remember if you ever feel your plate's full, it's easy as hell to pray for a bigger plate. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like that, man. Shit face sober. Thank you guys for watching, man. Follow us, share it. Appreciate you. Love you. The joy of loving. That's a good one. Yep. George. <laughs>